Hi everybody, Matt here today. And today I'm doing a solo episode and I'm, I wanna talk about platform risk, which is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. It's something actually that we didn't give too much thought naively until we were actually Sherlock by Apple. Our products were Sherlock by Apple, which if you've been following our story, you know all about that and I don't need to go into the details on it. But ever since then, we've worried a lot more about platform risk and I've thought a lot more about it and I've seen it popping up in places all over the tech industry, right? And I know that's what I'm familiar with, the tech industry, I'm sure it happens in industries, all sorts of industries, I'm sure, but I'm familiar with the tech industry. and. I've just been seeing it all over the place. And well, okay, so when I say platform risk, what do I mean? Well, what I mean is when you have a business and a product that's really dependent on one particular platform. In our case, we were very, very dependent on Apple's platforms. You're dependent on the iPad, the Mac, and now we're finally diversifying beyond that with things like Windows, right? But it could be other things too. It could be somebody that has a, has an app on the Shopify app ecosystem, right? Because Shopify, the Shopify store has has plugins you can use, right? It might be a, a plugin that you can you have for Shopify. Maybe it's a WordPress plugin. Maybe it's something that hooks them to Facebook, or maybe it's a physical product and you sell almost everything through Amazon. All of those have platform risk because you're very, very much dependent on that one particular platform. And if they either copy you or they change, let's say Amazon changes their, this is another thing that could happen with Google too. So companies that are very dependent on Google search to get their, their traffic and their customers, you know, if they change the algorithm, all of a sudden Amazon's showing a different product first when they, when they search for yours or Google's changes their search results. Like that has a big downstream effect to you. So anytime you're super dependent on one of those platforms, one of those companies, you have some serious platform risk. And obviously after our own experience, this is something that I've thought a lot more about. And as I mentioned, I've been seeing in a lot other places and this happens all over the place. I mean, Amazon is a great example of this too. There's tons, both actually on their software side and on the hardware side or in their physical goods side, I should say. So Amazon, for example, they'll see if a, if a product is really popular, they'll make their own Amazon basics version of it and sell it on Amazon, right? And they have the ability to promote that ahead of your product. Another thing too, is you'll see people doing on a completely other side is with Amazon's web services, AWS and the cloud services, where somebody will make a service that helps with AWS. Well, they've got to be worried about Amazon adding that directly to their own AWS lineup. Like that's a serious, serious concern then and competing that way. Shopify, like I mentioned, the app ecosystem, maybe it's some particular functionality you add, maybe some email functionality, say, and then uh, a couple updates later, Shopify has decided to integrate that directly into all their themes, right? Or Apple, of course, Sherlocking, you know, Apple, the ecosystem around Apple has its own term, Sherlocking, really, which seeing what apps and hardware out there and what Apple can bring in to their own system. And then Facebook too. Facebook is notorious for copying competitors. They copy all the time. It's very rare, in fact, that Facebook does something for the first time, it seems like, that they copy up and coming social networks. And it's worked very, very well for them. So anytime you're dependent on any of these platforms, it's a big risk. And that's the reason you should care. 
The one caveat I'll put on this though is this is really only a threat I think you need to take seriously once you've had product market fit, right? If you don't have a lot of customers, if the product isn't taking off and you don't have strong demand, it's not something you need to worry about yet. You really need to be finding that strong demand, finding people that are interested in your product because nobody's going to copy you if you don't have tons of users and strong demand, right? Like these platforms are using as a shortcut. They're taking a look and see like, okay, what's popular out there? What can we bring into our own system? And so they're typically not going to copy something that isn't popular because they, they don't want to spend the time building something that they're worried people aren't going to use. So, you know, if you don't have that product market fit yet, you don't have those customers, you don't have those users yet, it's probably not a concern. Your company's more likely going to die from lack of customer interest than anything else. But once you do and you're dependent on a larger ecosystem, then you got to start worrying about it because these larger ecosystems, these larger platforms, they have a lot of advantages that you may not. First of all, they have money and team size, which can be both a blessing and a curse. They can put massive resources towards something, but it can also slow them down. But the scarier thing, I think actually, is the tight integration they can build, right? Like let's say Amazon adds something to AWS. Now it's just another service they can click on in the AWS lineup. Or Shopify, it can be just a button they turn on in the theme to have everywhere, right? They don't have to sign up for a separate service. There's way less friction. It's easy to do. So that tight integration can be scary. And But what can hurt the most, though, is the very strong distribution, aka marketing channels, that these companies have. So, you know, Apple, Apple does something, and they have keynotes that are watched by millions and millions of people around the world, and they put that up there, and now tons of people know about it. Same with Amazon, right? If Amazon really wants to push a product, heck, they could put it on the homepage. Think of how many millions of people would then know about it. That's the only kind of, we can only dream of having that kind of reach, right? And these, it's not a big deal for these companies to have that kind of reach. Like imagine how big Apple's email list is alone. I wonder when they email somebody about a new macOS feature, I'd love to know if anybody out there knows how many people are on that. What, like a billion people? Like I wouldn't be surprised. That's incredible. So that is, you know, what you got to worry about. I know a common response to this, though, and actually you'll see this on Hacker News, is people say, well, you shouldn't have built that in the first place. That's a feature, not a product. Well, I don't really think that's a valid response. The reason I don't think it's a valid response is because to a lot of these giant companies like a Google or an Apple or Amazon, what isn't a feature at that point? They're at such enormous scale. Everything is a feature, right? And you got to start somewhere. So how do you deal with it then though? Well, I used to think that going deep was enough, having a really rich feature set, but I no longer think that's enough by itself. It definitely helps. You can have a richer feature set, more customizations, more options, more integrations, but really I think you need to be a T-shape. You need to be both deep and wide. You need to have all those customizations and options and a rich feature set that's hard to copy but you also need to be wide in some other way. It could be that you're cross-platform. In our case, cross-platform, like we're adding Windows support. It could be in the case of the Shopify ecosystem, you work not just with Shopify, but you work with WooCommerce, you work with uh, Squarespace, you work with multiple platforms, right? That could be it too. But the holy grail here, if you can make it happen, is building some kind of feature 
that your platform can never copy or at least never do a very good job at because something about them, maybe it's their culture, technical debt, business model, whatever it is, makes it close to impossible for them to copy. So let me give you a couple examples of what I mean. So going back to Apple, because I know uh, the Apple ecosystem so well, think of Apple doing an ad service. Now I do know they have an ad service out there, but it's basically not used. And I actually think this is a perfect example. Apple's, at least the today's Apple, is never going to have a compelling ad service because in order to have a great ad service, you need to collect information about people to target those ads. And that's exactly what Apple's against completely with their current privacy stance, right? So they're just not going to be able to do it. Another example would be Facebook. Let's say Facebook doing content subscriptions, something like, say, subscriptions where you need you, almost like a Patreon type thing where you, you subscribe to join, right? Like that's not really in Facebook's interest. Facebook collects tons of data. They want more people. They want more eyeballs. They want to be able to advertise to anybody in the world. And so putting paywalls in the way is not going to help them do that, right? So they're not going to put stuff behind subscriptions. They're going to make stuff free, right? So if you have a different business model and it's built in a different way with subscriptions, doing something with content subscriptions, that's gonna be very different, not something that Facebook's gonna do. Another one, and we've seen this recently too, is Google doing games. They have a Google, I don't even know how to say it, Stadia, Stadia, I don't even know how to say it, the service, and they seem to be backing away from it. And I know there's, I believe Google was even look at doing it their own games for it as well. But I mean, Google's not gonna be good at that. Google's a very analytical company. I mean, there are a lot of PhDs, a lot of people that are, very math and analytically minded, and that served them well with Google search. That's something where that kind of technique works really, really well. But when it comes down to raw creative pursuits, like say storytelling, like a lot of good games have, that's something that it's not great to be too analytical with, right? Like remember, Google's the company that picks a shade of blue through A-B testing, right? They test all these different shades of blue and sees what does the best. Right? That's totally different than how a game company would do it, or Apple for that matter, which I know Apple actually has a dedicated person that picks colors. That's their job. They don't do it through tests. They do it through somebody's intuition. But Google has a different way of doing it, and that's going to make them bad at certain things, certain very, very, very creative things like games or storytelling. Right, So that could be a, a competitive competitive advantage against a company like that. So that that's what, that's what I mean by something that's going to be very hard for them to copy. Another really good concrete example of this. And this is actually, I think a great example is Spotify because Spotify has the platform risk problem because, well, a lot of people use Spotify through their iPhones. Well, Apple's pushing Apple Music and Spotify is very dependent on Apple. Well, Spotify is doing a number of things, but one thing that they've done is that they have a free version sponsored by ads. And this is something that Apple's very unlikely to do for the reasons I talked about earlier. For the data, to make those, a lot of those ads effective, they need to do data collection. That's just not something Apple's gonna do. So that's a good example of how Spotify can build a feature and have a free version that anybody can use. They can make them different than Apple Music, help them, help them compete with that platform risk. Some other examples of companies that have done this really well, and I've kind of touched on it a little bit. One is Privy that makes tools for Shopify. A lot of like email list management, a couple other pop-ups and different things. They, they have a wide variety of tools for Shopify. But they started on Shopify, but now they support Wix, Squarespace, WooCommerce, you name it, tons more. 
because these are things that Shopify might build in over time. But hopefully, you know, Privy is both going deep and wide. They're going across multiple platforms, like the different e-commerce platforms, and at the same time, they're building in customizations that Shopify is probably not going to have. Another good example is Bear Metrics, where they do analytics. They started doing analytics around Stripe, and they you could see all sorts of billing information around it. But they've expanded way beyond that. They have many different billing providers now, which they integrate because actually over time, Stripe has added better analytics and the times you need Barometrics has become less and less. But now Barometrics has all sorts of billing providers that they integrate with. So they've really diversified there. And another example that I think is a kind of like the Spotify one I talked about earlier is a good example of how they're strategic about it, right? Going to do something that Apple's not likely to do. And that's 1Password. So 1Password, the password manager, great, great password manager. It's what I use myself and actually for our company, which gets to my point is that Apple has a built-in password manager and they really push you to use that. But 1Password, you'd think that'd be really hard for 1Password to compete with, but they have a couple key, key features. One is they're cross-platform. You can use it on Windows and other operating systems. That's huge because Apple's not going to make their iCloud password stuff work with Windows. They're just not. And on top of it, Apple is really direct-to-consumer focused company. And 1Password has gone increasingly into the business-to-business space because, well, businesses have a lot of passwords. And that's why we use it here at Astropad is to share passwords among our team. That's not a space Apple's going to get into. They're into the consumer focus. And so 1Password can really focus on that B2B space, selling to businesses and do really, really well and not have to compete head on with Apple, even though Apple's implementing a lot of their features. So those are a couple examples of companies, I think, that are handling platform risk really well. And uh, hopefully gave you a couple ideas and a few things to think about. And if you're working on your own product or business, maybe some uh, help you think about platform risk in a new way as well for what you're doing. So love to hear what you think. As always, Matt at astropad.com. Otherwise, you take care now. I'll catch you next time.